This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello. This is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad. But not for your ears. For your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and in this episode, we'll be looking back at the 2-0 victory for Fulham against Darby County at Craven Cottage, which was the second leg of the semifinal playoffs between these two teams, and the scoreline sends Fulham through to Wembley. I cannot wait to talk about this match, but before I do anything, I have to welcome both my co-hosts to the show first. Mr. Cohen, how are you doing? I know it's been a little bit. Are you excited to talk about this? Russ, I'm simply delighted. One of the best moments I've experienced as a Fulham fan. I cannot wait to be in London. I was going to say earlier, I can't wait to be at Wembley, but honestly, my tickets have not been sorted yet. I'll be up early Saturday morning, but I'm just (laughs) delighted to be there. Hopefully, I'll get tickets. And the fact that Fulham are at Wembley is a special time. Okay, very good there. Mr. Janaeus, how are you doing there, my friend? You must be in great spirits right now with Fulham. Yeah, I am. It's you know, I was there in '75 with my dad when we lost to West Ham, um, and I remember how I got. I mean, I'm, the run to the cup final was just incredible. Um, but I was you know gutted that we lost that 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 final. But it's you know, I didn't really think in my lifetime we'd ever go back to Wembley. And last 48 hours has been a bit of a scramble to try and see if there was a chance I could fly over, and it's just it's not going to work. But I will be. I'm chomping at the bit. I'm excited that we've got Villa. Um, I, I I think it's a good matchup. I do and too. I think, I think it's it's a uh, you know for you know for a number of individuals. I, 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 with you know with your permission, I'd like to mention them because it, I know apart from one who's no longer alive, I know that um, there would have been um, some some vindication in terms of what happened up um, over Derby because of what happened back in nineteen eighty three. And the, the, player, the people I want to mention, the, the late Roger Brown, um, Dean Coney, Gordon Davis, Tony Gale, Jeff Hopkins, Ray Houghton, our old boss Ray Lewington, Kevin Locke, Sean O'Driscoll, Paul Parker, Joe Payton, Lira Rossini, Dale Tempest and Robert Wilson. And our manager yes. was Malcolm McDonald. Because in that fateful day back in 1983 when we got jobbed because of a Derby County pitch, pitch invasion and I was at that game, it was, it was just absolutely disgraceful. So it took a long time to get that revenge. And so, you know, it's, it's best, revenge is best served cold. And it, it was a momentous night, Monday night, and so much that happened. And it's fantastic. What a fantastic moment for the club. And I think there are going to be, apart from the Brent Fodder, Ha Ha, and Villa fans, I think most fans in the division will want us to get promoted next weekend. I, I really do. And uh, let's hope we can finish the job. Absolutely. And uh, what's interesting is that both of you said this, and I agree with you that it, we all thought the best matchup for Fulham was Aston Villa. 
And I still stand by that. And I look forward to breaking that down as we get closer to the match. We won't be doing that on this show. But let's just say I'm happy that it's Aston Villa. It's a one-off. It's just one match for promotion, and we'll see what happens. But I do like Fulham's chances, and I do like the matchup against Villa. So I'll just leave that there, and we'll get more into Aston Villa on another show. But let's get right into the last match, guys. And uh, I can just tell you the emotions were running for me crazily when the final whistle blew. It was such a big deal, and uh, to see the fans react the way that they did was wonderful to watch. In fact, uh, the broadcast that I had kept going for a good five to seven minutes. So I got to see Dennis Adoy and Marcus Bettinelli in the middle of everything. And it was wonderful to watch. And it was emotional to watch because this is a big deal going to Wembley. Not all clubs understand that and their fans don't understand that. I just want to mention that because it ticked me off because I've had to block some people because they don't understand how much this meant to the foam supporters. It means a great deal. So I love the celebration. I just want to mention that. Giannis, I'm going to start with you. Just your opening thoughts on this match, my friend, and what was going through your mind when the whistle blew. Well, if you look back 72 hours, the game of Pride Park on Friday night, and I mean, Max is obviously online now, so the three of us will have seen some of the most ridiculous nonsense on on social media as a reaction. I mean, I had everything from, you know, what a disgrace, what an embarrassment to... Fire Slavisha. Um, and, you know, it, it was. I blocked a lot of people after the Birmingham City game, and I blocked yes. more after the, the, the first leg. And um, frankly, um, those fans embarrassed were embarrassed me, and I got castigated for telling people to shut up. The problem is this for the fo- those of us who were alive way back when, and I'm not talking about the FA Cup final. I'm talking about in the 80s when we were God bloody terrible. We were an awful club with no fans and no prospects. We almost merged, obviously, um, in the 80s. We were almost bankrupt. And I've never lost the faith. And um, on the basis of the first leg on Friday, we played well. Russell scored a good goal. It was a nice goal by Cameron Jerome. But we created enough, especially in the second half, to suggest if the fans were the 12th man, you know, Scott Carson wasn't going to go carry on playing like Dino's off forever. And, um, you know, to get the goals that we did and the way we did, we had to do something special to unlock them. I mean, <laughs> they defended very well. But having said that, to do it in front of our fans, to have that pitch invasion, that's a moment that, that few of us will ever forget. And um, it was wonderful for the club. And, um, you know, I thought of my old man, because if he'd been alive, he'd have absolutely loved it. Right. Um, and it was it was memorable. It'd be great if we could finish it off. And I think it, a club like Fulham is good for the Premier League because it's not always about the size. It's Sometimes you've got the, the, the community clubs, the small clubs like Bournemouth, and, and I'm going to use Watford as an example, that don't have the biggest crowds, don't have the biggest infrastructure, but they're respected. And so it's, I'm still on a little bit of cloud nine. I'm, I'm very, very excited for what's going to come. And I feel certain we're going to win. And it's wonderful for all the fans. I just wish some of the fans would just get a grain of perspective uh, in terms of what Slavisha's done and what the players have done and, um, you know, just have a bit more realism. We, a lot of our fans, Russ, sounded like Arsenal fans or Chelsea fans. And we've never been like that as a club. And uh, that was a little disappointing. Yeah, and it's, some of our audience, I should say, maybe a good, decent part of our audience won't understand the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry in Major League Baseball over here. And as a Red Sox fan, in 2004, the Red Sox beat the Yankees. And it was all about beating the Yankees and then obviously getting to the World Series. That's what this was like for me with uh, the full match on Monday. Because it was about beating the Yankees, getting past them. And this was about getting to Wembley. That was the connection I made. And how much it meant to everyone at Craven Cottage and fans around the world. And I just want to say they were the 12th men. That was the one thing that stood out for me. I'm glad that you said that. And while watching it, I'm just thinking, this is special. I'm trying to think of, make comparisons for myself. And that was the comparison that came to me. There was one more step, and that was to win the World Series. There is another step for Fulham, and that's the game promotion. Well, the Red Sox were able to win the World Series. Hopefully Fulham will be able to game promotion and win the final. We shall see. But 
it was a special moment back then for the Red Sox. This is a special moment for the foam supporters, and they deserve their moment to celebrate the way that they did on the pitch. I loved it, and anyone that criticizes it, they can go wherever they want because I don't care about them. Max, over to you, my friend. I want to get your thoughts. And also, Giannis just brought this up, and I want to talk about it. Listen, we're all here. uh, Giannis is in Canada. We're here in the United States. But you can tell when a crowd is beyond into it. And this crowd, to me, was the 12 men watching it. They were willing for them to get those goals. So I can't give the uh, film supporters enough credit because they deserve a lot of credit. They can be a difference, and they showed it. They, they've showed it time and time again, and they definitely showed it Monday night. I want to get your thoughts on the crowd, but also I, I just want to get your opening thoughts on this uh, huge win that sends Fulham to, uh, to Wembley. Yeah, without a doubt, one of my best moments ever supporting Fulham. I really never thought I'd see a day like this when my favorite club would reach Wembley would reach the playoff final in these scenes. And I don't think any of us will ever forget the scenes at, come full time when Dennis Adoy was being carried off on the shoulders of the fans. Marcus Benelli Wonderful was, to see. was waving a flag. Exactly. It's the, the stuff of fairy tales. And I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever celebrated a goal more than I celebrated Ryan Sessingdon's goal. Because I knew as soon as we got that first goal, it would be game over. As soon as we got that breaking point, we finally broke through the Derby defense it would be, we'd make it and it would just be written in the stars. I would get that second goal. That was one of the best moments um, I've had in a long time celebrating that Ryan Sessignon goal. And finally seeing, you know, this club, the moment when uh, when, when full-time Russell went, it was a moment of such joy that was really shared by everyone around the team. And I'm still feeling, you know, the high of this win on some days afterwards. And I think it's going to continue all the way until uh, May 26. Yes. You see this feeling of goodwill around the club. People are finally recognizing that after a tough four years in the championship, we're going to be back. We hope to be back where we belong in the Premier League. And it's people enjoy, enjoying the journey. Everyone's coming out, um, you know, the ward works to try to get to Wembley. Everyone's helping each other get tickets I've seen even today. And I'm it's glad that you mentioned that, that Max. Go ahead, because I've seen that so yeah. much. Fans helping other fans. Exactly, because it's the feeling of goodwill around the club that, you know, we are a family club. We want to get everyone there that can possibly be there on May 26th, and it, it's a beautiful feeling. Um, I, I'm, I'm just so lucky to, to be a part of this. And again, I'm, I mentioned I'm, I'm, a, I'm a member of Fulham, not season ticket holders um, for this year and next year, unfortunately. I hope come Saturday morning there'll be some left for me uh, because I will be in London there regardless. So just praying I can be there. And for all those who can't be there, um, we'll be cheering for them, and they know they'll be represented. Well, I, I hope you and your family do get tickets there, my friend. Uh, you deserve to be there, and hopefully uh, it will work out for you. All right, guys, let's get into this. We're going to break down both halves, but before we do, let's talk about the one decision in the starting 11 that uh, we, we've talked about. I've mentioned that I wanted to see Abubakar Kamara starting, Giannis. He started. Your thoughts when you saw that? Well, I was, I mean, I... I, I, I predicted a few ch- changes, but I, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm not a fan of Floyd Aita, you know that. And Boo Boo, you know, he he can look awkward, but you can't. He can never. His work rate can never be questioned. And he absolutely. And I said in the pregame, I felt that his inclusion in the lineup would be huge for the crowd. I, I really, I felt, I said that, you know. It, the fans love him, and and you stick him in there, and suddenly you inject him. You just inject a little bit more volume, and um, it his it's my it's it was the presence piece for me. Um, and I mean, I talked about maybe a doy giving way to Callas, you know, Fredericks for Christie, but Boo Boo was going to be the key in terms of you, you. The others you knew were going to be ready and enable, and, and you know that the best way to react to defeat is to get back on the horse and that's the good thing about the way it works out 72 hours not too much time to think uh boo boo made a big difference and he worked very very hard um the only unfortunate blot on his copy book was that dive and it what it was you know i'm not gonna defend that but he did his job and i think and i would be shocked if he doesn't start in the final I, i really i i don't see any reason why um slava can't now start him in the final because he's going to give them, they're, they're not the quickest back four, and he's going to, he should give them absolute, absolute nightmares at the back. 
I totally um, agree. Mitra is bad enough to sort out. Sessignon with his pace. Terry and Hutton are not going to know what's what's hitting them. So, um, Boo Boo will be ready, but it was, I was very pleased to see his inclusion. Yeah, he gives Fulham a different option. Power and pace that other teams haven't seen on that side from Fulham because uh, the other players that have played on that don't offer these two skill sets together, that pace and that power, and that's what he gives you. And he might not be the finished article, but like you said, it's his work rate, his attitude, it's infectious, and I think it does affect the crowd. I think it affects his teammates. I think it's it's all positive when he plays, except for the one thing. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Giannis, because I am not a fan of divers, and I wish he didn't do that, and hopefully in the future he will not do that. We have yeah. to, If we're going to talk about all the good things, we have to talk about that. He shouldn't dive, and he did do that. I've seen so many views of it. He definitely dived. And Bubakar, if you do listen to this podcast, please don't do that next time. I'm not a fan of that, and uh, you're better than that. You are you can be a very good player for Fulham Football Club, but uh, please don't dive. All right, over to you, Max. Your thoughts about the inclusion of, of Abubakar Kamara? I think it played out great. I thought he played fairly well, except, like I said, the one issue. We put that aside. Your thoughts on the inclusion of Kamara in this match? Yeah, I, I think I think we all said it in the preview to this match that he needed to start. And the way he played, I think, exceeded all of our expectations. The remarkable thing about his performance, which I thought was simply excellent, was the last time that he started a match was back against um, against Middlesbrough, back in, uh, in January 13th. That's the last time he played um, a more than 55 minutes for Fulham. He'd come in against Sunderland for 15 minutes. He'd played the half against Birmingham. But he hadn't started the match in over four months. And to produce a performance like he did um, on Monday night from not having that experience coming off, um, you know, starting from the off was, was superb. He was, one, I think, our brightest attacking player for much of the match. He won the corner that set up Dennis Adoy's goal. He offered, as you guys mentioned, the pace and the power. And I was so pleased for him because it's a culmination of a season that started out very disappointingly. He came in as a player who we all thought would be talented, but he was really raw. He couldn't finish. He lacked end product. And now to where he's today at the end of the season, he's one of our most important attackers, I think. And and the combination between the front three of Mitra, Sess, and Kamara, I think we finally might have found our, our best front three at the perfect time. I think they were excellent it's together. It's an interesting combination that yeah. I think gives team teams trouble. And I think they will give Aston Villa a lot of trouble For if sure. it goes and, that way. Yeah, and you guys mentioned uh, Villa does, does not have the quickest um, no. back four. And a lot of uh, things have been said on Twitter about imagine the combination of Kamara running up against Alan Hudden. <laughs> and I can only dream of that uh, matchup because I think that'd be a clear winner uh, for our French, our French attacker. Okay, excellent there. All right, guys, let's go through the first half. I'm going to stop at one key moment, but I'll just talk about some other moments in the first half. Uh, Fulham were definitely on the front foot, and uh, we have to start off with the opportunity from Ryan Sessegnon shot in the eighth minute, which was set up by Abubakar Kamara. A little later on, you have the shot by Johansson in the 25th minute. That's followed up a few minutes later with a header from Mitrovic. And then in the uh, 36th minute, you have an opportunity for Mitrovic that goes wide. And uh, then in the 41st minute, you have the shot by Kamara. The, actually, the, the opportunity from Mitrovic was a very good opportunity. I thought he scored there. I want to go back and just mention that. And uh, a little bit later on in the 43rd minute, you have the shot by Fredericks. And now I want to stop here, guys. And Giannis, I want to get your thoughts here. Because I've talked about all these opportunities Fulham had in the first half. It all leads up to the header from Mitrovic. That's saved by Carson, set up with a great cross from, uh, from Matt Target. Let's stop here because I was disappointed that Carson made a great save here, okay? But everything leading up to this told me in my heart that we were going to get the goals because of the play in the first half all leading up. That's why I want to stop and talk about the opportunity for Mitrovic. I want to get your thoughts on that. And then also my commentary here that I had a feeling that things were going to come our way. If, if we hadn't got through on Monday night, um, I think that we'd look back on that chance. You think that nine times out of 10, he finishes that and he's put it in the one place where Carson had the chance to save it. He saved it off his forearm. It's a brilliant save. And, a, and let's not forget the save he made off Fredericks. Where, yes. Um, that's 
just gone over that. Another brilliant save. Carson saved their bacon first. He did. Half. He was absolutely he, outstanding. He totally did. Uh, Mitro will look back and go, well, I should have finished that. But things like in life happen for a reason. Has he not finished that because he's going to get a bigger one a week on Saturday? Um, and really, but for Carson, they're not, they're not, they're not in the game. Um, I had a feeling, the, the thing is, if you look at Friday's stats, it's not like we didn't create chances. It's not like last night's Dave Barkle, where Middlesbrough didn't get out of a shot on target. If, <laughs> if you're creating chances, you've got a chance. Absolutely. And um, Borough obviously didn't do that last night, but we did on Friday night, and that's why I always thought there were going to be chances in this. It, it was a brilliant save. It was a reflex save. But 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 um, Mitro, I'm sure, will be the first to admit that it's one he should have stuck, stuck in the back of the net. Okay, excellent, Yanis. I'm going to go right back to you, and then I'm going to go to Max. I want to talk about the situation right after that. Was that a foul on Mitrovic in the box? Should that have been uh, a call to go Fulham's way there? I'm curious your thoughts on it. I've watched it a bunch of times. So your thoughts on that? To, to me, it's a penalty, but I, I can understand why he didn't give it because the, it's such a big game. There are certain calls, you know, it's certain, do you make certain calls in games that big? I think in a regular, I don't know it's going to sound odd, but in the regular season, does the ref call that? Yeah, he's pulled him. But in a game like this, mm, I, I'd have given the penalty, but I understood why he didn't. I think it was a brave call because it's in front of, you know, the 23,000 rabid fans. That's right. But um, it, it, again, it's one of those, a bit like last night with the, the handball. Yep. You know, the, the referee, I'm always a believer that the referee should be consistent whatever game it is, whenever. Uh, you know, Throughout I don't the game. Believe but but when, it, when the referee becomes the, the, the object of attention, that's when games lose the plot. And um, I would, uh, as a, well, I'd have called it. But sure. I do understand why he didn't do it simply because a lot of refs do that in, in games of this big. They're, just, they're scared to make that call. They're scared to be the goat that made, made the call. So it was unfortunate for us, but, but for me it was a penalty. Okay, excellent. All right, Max, over to you. Just want to get your thoughts. Feel free to share your thoughts if you want on what Giannis and I were just talking about and also the save by Carson on Mitrovic. But I just want to get your overall view of the first half because – I felt very confident going into the second half. I know that's strange to say considering they did not score, but I felt that the goal or potentially goals were coming because of the way they played. So give me your view of the first half for Fulham. At times it really felt that it wouldn't be our day, that I almost felt kind of a doubt creeping into my mind okay. that said it's just going to be nil-nil. We're not going to break them down because we we didn't start out as well as I think we could have. We didn't quite – click into full gear until around 15 minutes to go until the half. But when we did, it was a pretty big onslaught. You know, Fredericks, you mentioned, had that chance. Uh, Mitrovic had, a, aside from the header, had a chance when he turned Curtis Davies and fired just wide. And Carson's save was a cherry on top. I mean, as you guys mentioned, nine times out of ten, that's in the back of the net. And the fact that Carson made that save, I almost thought, well, it's just not going to be our day at, at times. And then with regards to the penalty decision, that's a poor call for me. Anywhere else on the pitch, that's a foul. And I don't understand why referees don't have uh, the, the bottle to say you miss and that's a penalty. I mean, he clearly pulled him back. Craig Forsyth, that's a clear foul. Um, and he went to ground. You can't say that the referee didn't spot it. It was, it was pretty clear. I think the assistant has to flag there. Um, but luckily, you know, it wasn't a bigger storyline because we got the two second half goals. So I'm, I'm glad it didn't come back to bite us. But I think the referee has to step up and say that's a penalty. Okay, excellent there. Yeah, it's your overall assessment of the first half. And uh, the one thing that I do want to mention, again, I do want to give credit to Derby County because I thought they were dangerous on the counter, but they just, again, something was missing with their play. All their players were just not in sync to take advantage of us on the counter. But they looked dangerous, but that it didn't hurt us for whatever reason. And I think Fulham have a – major part in that because I think defensively they, they figured it out when they needed to but I want to give them some credit because they did look dangerous it, it just didn't work out for them but I want to get your overall assessment of the first half for Fulham 
I thought we were very good in the first half, but I thought we were pretty good in the second half on Friday. I thought, you know, we had a lot of territory. You thought it all just basically continued? Yes, yeah, 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 I did. And I thought, um, you know, it was, it, yeah, it was just, it was just a case of the momentum. How long were they going to, how long were they going to be able to defend like this? And um, I, I watched the post-match interview with Gary Rout. Um, so did I. This game. And he talked about where he felt they let themselves down was the lack of incision in terms of passing that there yep. really wasn't, it wasn't quick enough. And right. it was just sort of a bit of an oxymoron considering some of the players like, you know, Tom Huddleston's not exactly the quickest release of a ball in the world. Uh, they didn't really, they don't really have the pace in terms of passing really that can slice teams open. Really, they they rely on set pieces and, you know, crosses. I thought it was pretty critical on his own team. Yeah, I, yeah, and I... Yeah, I thought he was too. And well, you know, if you look at both goals, I, I mean, it's two bits of quality. And, and the, I mean, the second goal, Derby fans have been upset about because it's sim- eerily similar to the goal that Danny Murphy scored in, you know, in down at Fratton Park that saved us from relegation. Um, you know, Danny Murphy's five five foot seven, a doy five foot eight. Do they have any right to? jump that high to get a header off, probably not. But then, I mean, the game is about moments, isn't it, really? And, right. you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's you know, it, it just, we looked quicker in terms of our passing. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't too much of passing the ball back. Um, we kept the ball moving quickly, and I think that was where we lacked in the first half on Friday. We improved it in the second half, on Friday, but I thought they were sucking on air. I thought they were, you know, they were really struggling the last 10 minutes and they were doing a lot of time wasting. Yep. But in the end, the crime, the cream rises to the top and I thought we were, we were full value in the end in terms of uh, the chances we created and eventually was the goals we scored. Absolutely, Yanis. Uh, and when I look back at it and I saw what Gary Rowan had to say and I thought he was critical of his team, fair to be critical of uh, your team. You're thinking about what you did wrong. And I wish he could give just a little bit more credit to Fulham, but he did. But it was not as emphatic as I thought it should have been because there's a reason why they looked the way that they did. And I think a good amount of that had to do with how Fulham played. But yeah. he, again, decided to go off on his own team, which is his right, and uh, look at the things that, that they did not do. And that's fair. All right, guys, let's now move to the second half. Max, I'm going to give you the honors, my friend, because Fulham get a goal pretty quickly on in the second half. It's from Ryan Session. And uh, how many times have we seen this this season from Ryan Session? Right place at the right time. Ball bounces off of the chest of uh, Stefan Johansson right in the path of Ryan Session. He takes care of the rest. Let's talk about the goal from Fulham early on in the second half. It's simply top class. And every time we talk about Ryan Session in this way, I tend to run out of words to describe it because it's it's just brilliant. The way he creates a space on this goal, that can't be taught. That kind of attribute is something players are born with, and that's why I think he has the ability to go to the very top level of football because that's just superb. When the ball comes in, uh, whipped in by target, and just to mention him, I think he had a good match, impressive after his struggles against Birmingham and the first leg against Darby. A really nice ball into Johansson. He chests it down, and, the, and as all the defenders – and uh, most players, I think, would drift towards the center, towards Johansson. Sessegnon has the awareness just to pull off the back of Kio. And space is created. And once he gets that ball perfectly weighted from, from Johansson, he, has a lot, he still has a lot to do. And that finish, again, is just superb as well. And smash into the top corner uh, with his left foot bouncing uh, off the half volley. It, it was just a scintillating goal. And it was a perfect way to calm the nerves because at the start of the second half, we knew we needed two goals to win it in regular right. time. And I don't think anyone wanted to go to extra time. So we needed two goals. And to get a goal so early on, to just suck out all the momentum out of Darby, drop their heads. I said it before, I celebrated this goal more than I think I have ever in my life. It was amazing. I went absolutely mental. Uh, because as I mentioned, I knew as soon as we get that first goal, as soon as we unlocked their defense finally for the first time in over a match and a half, then the rest would just be smooth sailing, I thought. Okay, excellent there, my friend. And listen, we've seen this from uh, Ryan Session. Uh, it's his instincts to just be where he needs to be, and he took advantage of the situation, and he scores the goal. And uh, 
Yanis, I'm now going to go to you. Fulham actually had a few other opportunities that lead up to what we're going to talk about, which is the second goal. You've already talked a little bit about it, but let's walk through this. In the 66th minute, you have a corner. It actually starts with a a shot from uh, Abubakar Kamara that's blocked, and it leads to the corner. The corner's taken by Ryan Sessian, who scored the first goal. So he's involved with both goals here. And the header from Dennis Adoy goes in the – in the uh, top corner of the back of the net. And I got to tell you, watching this, I didn't even realize until maybe two seconds later that it went in. It was like this delayed reaction because I could not believe that they had scored the way that they scored. Think about all the goals we've scored this year. This is the goal that puts them through to Wembley, Giannis. That's what's amazing about this. This type of goal off of a corner is what put them through. Your thoughts on the goal? Well, I mean, it, it's uh, after the Friday game, I, you know, reflected uh, as well as I thought we played second half. I, I thought that the way that, you know, uh, Davis and Forsyth had played on Friday and Carson, it was going to take something something special to unlock them. That, the first goal, the, the Sessignon goal, yep. um, to me, the brilliance was Stefan Johansson's chest. I, I thought, I mean, the more I've seen that, I mean, it's a very good cross by target. Yep. But it was. It was inch perfect chest. It was an absolutely brilliant chest. And now, okay, he's taking. I mean, Sessa's taking it down. One touch, crack. But that chest was just utter quality. And oh, he's, it's key. He's, 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 he's hit a. He's hit a. He's hit some bumps recently. He's, you know, he's lost his temper a little bit, taken a few cards, and there's you know question marks about you know should he even start? And then he comes out and he brings out a piece of brilliance like that. The goal, the Adoy goal. Um. He'll never score a more important header, maybe, in his life. But he'll, I, I venture to say he'll never score a better header because Carson could do nothing. There's no goalkeeper Did not move. or dead that could have got that. It yeah. was a perfect header. It was a perfect header. It was, and it's one of those headers that you don't see enough of, the flick header. And it was just it was spinning away, and there was just no way Carson was going to get there. And, and he was watching it, and to be fair... I mean, some Derby fans have said, well, why didn't he go for it? What chance did he possibly... He had no chance at that. He had no chance. And then you realize then when that goal goes in, you think, you know, maybe this is going to be our day. And and the thing about after that, it looked to me, although Derby had more possession, they'd lost their will. They they didn't, to me, they didn't look like... I mean, Vyman had a chance. Had a maybe should have put away... But they really didn't look like they were going to get back into it. It was almost as though they were waiting for things to go wrong. And um, but that goal by Adoy, you know, it, I couldn't stop laughing when he was interviewed on Fulham FC TV <laughs> about where were you running, and he said, "I didn't know where I was running. I was just running. <laughs> I was just running wherever." And it's just, it's, it's, um, it was a stupendous moment, and it was by the unlikeliest of heroes, who, let's face it, has also run into a dip in form. And, you know, and even Sessignon has been very quiet the last few weeks. Right. And Target has struggled a little bit, but Target sets up the first goal. Sessignon scores one, sets up the second goal. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Johansson sets up the first goal. Adoy scores the second goal. You know, it wasn't just about Mitro, and it wasn't just about K-Mac, and it wasn't about just about Betts and Ream. You know, sometimes the big games bring out the unlikeliest of heroes, and uh, that was a wonderful header, and, you know, I was... I was, I was uh, in my living room watching and I jumping off the ceiling, the cat <laughs> flew, you know, and it was, um, it was, it was, ma- it was magical. It was, it was magical because, um, you know, we're, we're going to Wembley. We are, Giannis. And it's funny. I'm glad that you highlighted these players talking about dip and form and uh, all these players step up in the, in the biggest spots. And it really is a team effort. That's what makes this team so special to me. This is a true team. Everyone has a role. Dennis Adoy seems like an unlikely hero, but he has a role. And he chips in when he had to in a very difficult situation. And he scores the winner that puts Fulham through to Wembley. It's amazing. But, again, it's not just about him. It's, like you said, it's not just about Mitrovic, Kearney. And, uh, you, you know, it's about a bunch of other players. It's about a team playing together and finding ways to win. It goes back to that. That's what makes this match so special for me. These two goals, finding ways to score. And again, 
you know, your work, the, how hard you work can lead to good situations. That's what you saw here. Kamara's work leads to the corner, and then we score off the corner. Coming out strong in the second half to begin with, you make your own luck. And, again, we can call luck. In this situation, this was not luck because, again, like you mentioned, off the chest of Stefan Johansson, that was planned by Johansson to get to Sassian, everyone playing a role. That's what, again, was so special about this match. This was a team win that took us to Wembley. That's the way I looked at it. Watching it back, I think I've watched it about four times now. Yes, I'm that crazy. I've watched the match back that many times. (laughs) All right, over to you, Max. Let's talk about the later stages in this match and what was going through your mind. Uh, Dennis already mentioned the opportunity in the 71st minute by Vyman. It's a header that goes over. That was a, a little nervy at that point. Then you ha- later on, you have the shot in the 88th minute by Nugent. But beyond that, I thought Fulham were dealing with the pressure because Derby County obviously were having more of the ball, and we were just trying to see this out. And when I saw that it was going to be six minutes, I could not believe it. I'm thinking we have to see this out for six more minutes. Talk about the later stages and what was going through your mind in those six minutes. Exact same thing as you. I, I saw six minutes and I thought, oh my, they really want Darby to, to send this extra time <laughs> because we'd seen this uh, not really consistently throughout the season, but my mind automatically, as I'm sure you might have, guys have, it went right to the Brentford match. And I almost could picture in my head, you know, David Nugent scoring a thing. late header, running right away to the, to the putt in the end and celebrating in front of the Darby fans. I just tried to blot that out of my memory as soon as it came in there. But I mean, honestly, even though the ref gave him copious amounts of time to get back that goal, Fulham wanted to, I feel like Fulham wanted to make it nervy, but it wasn't that nervy. You can't point to one chance where it's like, wow, that could have been a goal. The Vyman header, yes, perhaps he could have done better, but it was still a snapshot as well as the Nugent shot was well off target. Fulham defended really resolutely and they did not make the same mistakes that they made against Brentford when they sat back way too deep and invited way too much pressure. This was different, and that gives me a lot of confidence, you know, going into the final that, you know, we might have turned a corner where this team is finally hitting its stride. And that was really my main takeaway from, from the match is that the 2-0 win, I thought we played exactly how we had to, and that's what made me so confident because it was the perfect performance. Every single part of uh, this team's performance was exactly what was required from attack to defense to midfield, and this team, you know, is going to have another chance to really make the season special. Absolutely there, Max. And Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on the ending stages. Feel free to comment on uh, what Max just shared. I want to get to know what was going through your mind in these final six minutes and also the ending stages that led up to that. I was thinking, where's the bloody referee from Derbyshire? <laughs> Where the hell did he get the six minutes from? But, but I, to, to be, I, I, I'm not being arrogant. I, I didn't think they were going to come back. I, okay. I just, I thought I thought um, when the second goal went in, as I said, they they seemed to lose the will. They they did attack. They huffed and puffed. They didn't really create anything. The Vyman chance, notwithstanding, it really they, to me they could have played 26 minutes of injury time. We were going to win that. It was our time. I think I, I think they knew their, their goose was cooked. Um, and um, you know it was we, sometimes you know it, the success. You've heard it before, but the success isn't the destination; it's the journey. Yes. And, you know, I think of the 23-game journey, and, and we all thought, you know, believed we'd go up to St. Andrews and get a result, and we didn't, and all credit to Birmingham. And, and Darby played well in that first leg, but in the end, the cream does cut rise to the top. And, uh, um, you know, the, the Slava and the coaching staff um, deserve a massive amount of credit. Um, and because they... They knew that the players would have been disappointed after Friday. There's two defeats on the spin. But they got them ready. Um, Slava said all the right things. And, you know, the thing about being a Fulham fan is you've got to be measured. And and that's just been a little disappointing in terms of a number of the fans who, you know, we're all in the same boat in terms of we're, we're very happy we made it through. But some of the garbage that's come out, some of the absolute tripe toilet that's been coming out from so-called fans who are just quick to jump off the horse when any adversity comes. It's just, it's, it's, it's comical. 
And um, I've said it before, you know, many fans have lived through really, really dark times where we didn't even know if we were going to have a club. And so, you know, I always say the best managers don't, don't get too high when they, they win and they don't get too low when they lose. And we've, seen, we've suffered enough heartache for many, many years. So, you know, we, we enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. The 23 game was, was something that will probably be, never be repeated in my lifetime. But, you know, we, we finished third by right, and uh, Derby finished sixth by right. And over the two legs, we were a better side, and we made, we've made it to Wembley by right. It is Absolutely. a lot Absolutely. Honest. We deserve it's a day this. Out. It's a day out. I mean, you're going to be going to London next week, <laughs> and you're going to have the absolute time of your life. And, and, it, it, and it's, you know, it, it's, um, it's going to be a wonderful occasion for everybody. And, yeah. and um, at the end of the day, the journey is what got us there. The sure. destination is Wembley, but the journey got us there. And I... the, go, the guys go out and play the way they can and play with confidence with all the fans supporting them. There's no reason why we can't win it. I totally agree, Yanis. Again, nothing against Aston Villa. Uh, we'll, we will be talking about that. I'll keep saying that with a lead up to the final. But I like the matchup. I just think that it's our time. And uh, I like the fact that it's at Wembley. The large pitch, I think, benefits us. I think the opponent benefits us. because The matchup, I think it's a good matchup. But they have to get it done. And I think we have the players to get it done. They showed me a great deal over these two playoff matches to give me confidence that, that they can finish the deal. And we shall see at Wembley. All right. Guys, let's now quickly go to stats. And I think the stats are revealing. I'll just read them quickly. Possession was 64% to 36% in favor of Fulham. Total shots, 20 to 14 in favor of Fulham. This, to me, is the glaring stat for me, guys. You, you might disagree with me, but this is the one that stands out. Shots on target, 10 to 1. Corners, 9 to 6 in favor of Fulham. Crosses, 20 to 17 in favor of Fulham. Let's go a little bit further. Attempted passes, 590 to 322. Passing accuracy, 82% for Fulham and 68% for Derby County. Okay, just a little bit further in. Aerial duels, even at 20. And fouls, Darby had one more at 8-7. to seven. Okay, Mr. Janaeus, what do the stats tell you? Dominance. Much like the first leg, dominance, you know, um, possession, passing. Um, we scored the goals. With a better side. With a better side. They've got some very good players, Darby. They Don't do. get me wrong. You know, you look at their lineup and you go, oh, geez, they do have some quality in there. But Slava and the boys have worked very hard in terms of the right pace to play the game, especially in terms of transition and how it, and, and how you've got to wear teams down. We're a second-half team. We know that. So, um, you know, the, the stats bear out our domination, not just of, of Monday's leg, but also Friday's leg as well. And, uh, and we made it through. Derby supporters will be, you know, as upset as Nottingham Forest supporters will be delirious with delight. Um, but... At the same time, they really can't have any complaints because Scott Carson kept them in first game and first half on Monday was absolutely bloody brilliant. It was ridiculous. Um, but we dominated, and uh, I think the final score certainly pulled that out. Okay, excellent. Max, how about you with the full-time stats? I agree with you honest completely. Dominance, you know. Darby, they couldn't expect to win this tie by having that little attacking intent. And as soon as I think he took the leading championships goal scorer, Matei Vidra, out of the starting lineup, that's when he kind of said, listen, we're just going to pack it in, sit back, and try to hit you on the counter. And when you play teams like Fulham for 180 minutes, that's just not going to work out. You can't hope to keep us scoreless for that long. Um, and I think Slavisa managed the game well by really seeing it as not two distinct matches, but a full 180-minute match in that he tired them out. He didn't panic. He didn't try to throw everything forward um, in the first leg, but he knew as soon as it got to the latter stages, they'd be exhausted and we dominate. I think the stats really show that perfectly. Okay, excellent there. All right, guys, just for time's sake, instead of going through Ryan O'Donovan's uh, ratings, I'm just going to ask you for your man of the match, and then we will rate Savisa because I want to talk about something at the end of the show. So I'm going to start with you, Max. Who's your man of the match? 
It's a tough one. There's so many good candidates for this one. The unlikely hero, Dennis Adoy, uh, the superb goal scorer and his sister, Ryan Sessegnon. But I'm going to go uh, with Abubakar Kamara because I think he made the difference. Uh, okay. His first start in many a month really was the biggest match of the season, and he rose to the occasion, dangerous attacking all match forward. And he did have the dive, which I think is the one blemish, but yes. what I like to focus on for that is the opportunity he created. No other player on the pitch could have gotten that position in the first place to get the ball in his own half and drive all the way up the pitch and dink it over the keeper. Um, and that ingenuity, that pace, that power, that's what I think won the match for us. Okay. Over to you, Giannis. Who was your man of the match? Dennis Adoy. Um, Dennis has, has endured a, a really tough time of late, and um, he's made some mistakes, and he was a question mark, and I, and I was one of them that said, you know, maybe we've been callous in. And uh, in a super game, that header is one, you know, you just, you know, he'll, he'll relive it. You know, he'll relive it forever. Just a, a brilliant goal. It was such a significant moment because it, it, it won the tie for us. And there were a lot of heroes yeah. on Monday. A lot of heroes. I mean, you know, it is, I mean, it is one player in particular I'm happy for is Marcus Bettinelli. I, I think he's, he, you know, he, you know, how I feel about him as a keeper, and he, yep. you know, to be as patient the way he did it, and just his, his sheer elation at the end of the game, was so telling. And and um, he said such a good season for us. But but to me, Adore had a, you know, he had a game. He had a game, and he needed to have a game, and everybody needed to have the game. But he had a game, and that header was just stupendous. And um, for that, I give him, I give him man of the match. Okay. I'm going to throw this one out there because I think he was important, Giannis. I'm going to say Tim Ream. I think Tim Ream had an excellent match. Tim Ream was superb. Tim Ream was absolutely superb. And really, that's where it's funny. They do have some, they did have, do have some international experience, Derby, much like Villa are going to have. But Tim Ream has, you know, this is where actually his American experience, I think, actually benefits him. Because uh, in CONCACAF, you know, when they're playing away from home, they have to go to places like, you know, Mexico, Honduras, Costa Rica. And for those, you know, Fulham fans that live over the pond, th- those fans over there, are, the fans in CONCACAF are absolutely nuts. They're nuts. What the sort of thing they do is if, say, if the U.S. are playing, let's say the U.S. are playing in Panama, the Panamanian fans will find out where the hotel is and they'll do carnivals and all-night parties outside the hotel rooms. Or outside the hotel the night before the game, they are nutters. Absolutely, and they're so, and I mean that positively. They're so passionate. So he's had to play in, you know, the toughest conditions. You know, Concacaf isn't easy, and he looked as cool as a cucumber on, on Monday. Nothing faced him. Nothing faced him. And Cameron Jerome was in his pocket. And, and Jerome, you know, is a decent player, um, but really they didn't create a lot. Ream seemed to his his uh, confidence was an infusion, you know, for. Adore. The back four was really solid. T- Target was excellent. Fredericks was excellent as well. Really should have had a goal. That was a brilliant save by Carson. And that yep. back four looked impregnable. So, um, but Ream, well, Ream, Ream has really led the line, hasn't he? I mean, the whole season he's been. He's he been has. Outstanding. He has. Yeah. Very good there, my friend. All right. Let's go to Savisa. Max, give a rating for Savisa. Uh, 10 out of 10. I don't think he could have managed this match any better. He knew exactly what was required uh, in, in the full 90 minutes. His starting lineup was superb as well. And, you know, the, the start of Kamara, that's a big decision to make. His first start in, in, a, in many a month, but he got exactly spot on. He resisted the urge to put in Callas maybe for Adoy, and that paid off as Adoy scored the winner. Um, and altogether, I thought the subs came at the right time. Superb, and I think he deserved he deserved a 10 out of 10, a perfect rating. Okay. Over to you, Giannis. Your rating for Savisa. I'll give him a 10 as well, but, but, but a lot of that is to do with what he did between the games, between Friday night and Monday, because he had a massive job. And, and, and remember that the, the seed of doubt would already have been sown in terms of what happened last year against Reading. So, um, and he's lived through that, and he's got a number of these players that have lived through that. So he and his coaching staff had to do a really big job in terms of getting them mentally ready and getting them mentally prepared. But the, the advantage of having the second leg at home meant that you knew what you needed to do. And uh, he's obviously gotten ready because they came out chewing on raw meat. 
all of them, to a man, gave it everything they had. And the big decision was boo-boo. Yep. But frankly, it's not the sort of game that Aita, I'd want Aita to have played in anyway, because boo-boo is, is all action, all the time. And the energy, he feeds off the energy of the crowd, but the crowd feeds off his energy as well. And um, sometimes, you know, occasionally you have teams where, you know, you have you have a player in the lineup because their their presence creates a buzz and an aura, and you're not you're not sure, you know, they just it gives it gives everybody a lift. And I said on, on in the previous show that if we picked if he picked if Slava picked Boo Boo, it'd be a huge lift for the crowd because they wanted him to play. And the volume on Monday was was definitely wasn't it? So, um, and that for that reason, I'm convinced he's going to play in the final. Okay, excellent there. Yeah, that's okay. To wrap up the show, we've talked a little bit about this. Max, you brought this up. Uh, how I wanted to finish the show was to talk about Wembley and the excitement for Fulham supporters all over the world. I've been contacted. I can't tell you how many people have contacted me about going to the match, coming from all over the world. And uh, today, tickets went on sale to uh, season ticket holders, and they're doing this in waves, and they're doing it in a system each day, and uh, it's a little bit different for a different season of uh, season ticket holders. And uh, I find it interesting how they're doing it. But one thing that I wanted to mention, and Max, like I talked about, you've already said this, is that you've got Fulham fans helping other Fulham fans. I want to mentioned that uh, Sammy James from the Fulmish podcast was on top of this today because I was on a tweet with him talking about trying to help someone out. I've seen it all over Twitter. And that just, again, not that I don't already know this. It's a family club. Fans care about each other. Everyone knows how important it is to get to Wembley. So I just want to talk a little bit about this. And Giannis, I'll go to you, and then Max, I'll, I'll end with you because we've already talked a little bit about it. I want to get your thoughts on this because the tickets go on sale, and I've seen all, all this, and uh, what I really liked about this is everyone caring, everyone trying to help each other out. Your thoughts? I couldn't agree more. The only sinister side to it, and, and it's already popped up on Facebook, is those... I, see, I know those, what you're going to talk about. Go ahead. The absolute wank jobs out there that go out there and are scalping the tickets for ridiculous... And ridic- ridiculous I know. I, I saw that. Yeah, and I just... Uh, and it makes me it makes me absolutely sick. And you know, I I I, I say it with absolute insane jealousy that I can't go next weekend. I mean, it, it, it was it would I'm. It was, <laughs> but having said that, the fans that go, whatever disagreements I've had with however many fans, I hope they have the time of their lives, and I hope they're cheerful and want the victory. But they should be given the opportunity to do that. So it's a measure of the club that so many people are willing to help so many others um, yep. on that on that trip. And I really hope, I really hope it's an opportunity where the club also reach, reaches out to the alumni, because I mean the, the, the players. That I, I mean Roger Brown's no longer with us, but Gordon Davis is still my favourite, my all-time favourite Fulham player, and. Get a lot of the, you know, get a lot of the players that played back, you know, the Les Strongs, the John Cutbushes, the the Busbys, um, Alan Mallory, obviously um, Bobby Moore's no longer with us, but get, you know, get get to George, you know, um, Cohen, get Cohen back, you know, 66 World Cup, get from the 83, get Malcolm McDonald and the boys back, get all the alumni back, and that will really raise the roof in terms of, it's not just the fans and the players, but it's the former players that were part of the glory and you know bygone era that can be part of something really 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 special and um it's it's going to be a wonderful moment and um you know I, that 83 game against derby is one that i just um i remember that I, I drove home that night and it just i was in an absolute daze and i was convinced we were going to have to we were going to get to replay that game because of the pitch invasion and we weren't right and um, you know it rankles still to this day that that right. moment because we had to wait another 18 years to get the opportunity to get to, to the to the top division. And um, I think it's a measure of how big a game this is and how big an occasion it is for all the fans around the world. So I think Absolutely. it's it's wonderful. I mean, you, I know you you and Max are going to go. 
and um, you know it's going to be an, an awesome occasion and you're going to bump into lots of people uh, yeah, lots of people that you know are going to come up and da 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 and you're going to have a beer and a laugh and it's going to be just absolutely immense and um, you know it makes me proud to be a Fulham fan and you know I'm sitting in my office here surrounded by Fulham Bears uh, Billy the Badger, all my jerseys, and I walk in every morning, and I have the honour and the pride to walk into my office, and it's a Fulham Shrine, that's and that's great. what it means to me. And uh, I know that uh, the boys, you, I know you and Max and the rest of the fans will do us proud. I know the players will do us proud. I know the, I know the alumni will do us proud, and the coaches will do us proud. So yeah. let's will them on to victory. Absolutely, Ennis. And as you're talking about this, and you're talking about Derby County, you're talking about that whole situation. And uh, I'm thinking, again, I'm going back to Red Sox-Yankees, thinking of 2003 with Aaron Boone. In 2004, what happens? The Red Sox get their revenge. Okay. Yeah. We've yeah, now done well. this. We've, you know, I know people are still upset about that going back, and I understand that. But isn't it rewarding who it, it comes against that we're now going to Wembley? Yeah, there's, there, are certainly, there are certain definable moments in the history of our, of our club that, you know, that, that uh, form our opinions. I mean, I don't think we have any animosity against uh, West Ham, even though they beat us in the final. Right. They were the better side. I mean, I remember the game like it was yesterday. They were the better side. Uh, I'd keep my Peter Mello at a mare that day, but these things happen. Um, there are certain things that unfortunately won't be forgiven. Um, I think, I think of the, you know, the, obviously the, the attack on our fan 20 years ago at Gillingham, I don't think... I think most Fulham fans won't forgive Gillingham for that forever, even though they're really not rivals, they're really not local rivals. But the nature of losing a life um, after a football match should never happen. And there's the local rivalries, of course. Um, but this was this was one that didn't involve death, um, but it involved what we thought was blatant, real cheating. And really, the right thing for the Football Association to, to have done was replay the game according to the rules of the game. They should have done that, and they didn't do it. And so we got absolutely jobbed with a team that I remember that team. That was a super, super team. Some yeah. very, very, very fine players. And I've got to tell you, if you put that 83 lineup up against the lineup right now, it'd be a bloody good game. It'd be a bloody good game because we had talent all over the shop, and right. skill level was so high on that team. But they got, they got, they got pillaged and, and lost the right to play in the top division, but just because of, just because. Right. And uh, that's why I'm going to have some fun in the next week, or, week 10 days, Russ. Going on Facebook and seeing all those Villa fans talking about, we're a big club, we deserve to be in the Premier League, <laughs> and boom, boom, boom. And yeah, big clubs should be there. Well, you know what? Most fans, neutrals, will be supporting Fulham. Yeah. They will want them. A, main re- a lot of it is because of John, is because of Villa. A lot of it is because of John Terry, let's be honest. Um, but they're going to want us to, because... We're an inoffensive club. Right. We play. We have good fans. We play good footy. We've got an iconic stadium. We've got a nice little history. We've got our own little niche in the southwest corner of London. Right. We're not Chelsea, but we don't want to be Chelsea. And anyway, Chelsea's in Fulham anyway, and we can always tell them that. So um, these are good. These are. These, it's a great time, and we can wallow in it as pigs yep. in mud. We can wallow in it for the next ten days until uh, the big game comes, and hopefully. For the rest of the close season until we get to play our first Premier League game. Absolutely. Very good there, Yanis. And listen, I'm glad that you're talking about Derby County. I, I know several Derby County supporters, and, uh, you know, I, I've already wished them the best and uh, in, in the future, and uh, I have no issues with them. And uh, But I understand the feelings of the past, and I just, I'm glad that you talked about it. I respect it, and that's why we're talking about it. And uh, I look at this as – this is the team we had to go through to get to where we need to be now. And uh, what goes around comes around in, in a little bit, you know, and it took a long time. But, um, you know, I understand why fans look at Derby County the way that they do. And uh, But I look at it this way. You know, I, I think it, think there's a reason why we're playing them, and uh, now we move on. Yeah, Max, over to you. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on fans coming from around the world and also Fans helping each other out. You mentioned this earlier in the show. What, what are your thoughts about all of this? It's amazing. We, we deserve this moment in the limelight. Of course, none of, uh, not a lot of people in their lifetime have seen Fulham at Wembley. 
Giannis mentioned he was there way back when, and that's a special moment. And it's just an honor that we have another opportunity to play in, uh, in the birthplace of English football, such a special venue, uh, and soon to be hopefully also Shahi Khan's venue, uh, if all goes <laughs> to plan. Uh, it's, it's a nice kind of symmetry to that. Shahid Khan buys it uh, or applies to buy it a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to be playing it in a couple of weeks' time. And it brings me back to my own personal memories with Wembley. I've been there many a time, actually. From my time living in London, I've seen England play Bulgaria there, England play Switzerland, England play Belgium in a friendly right before the Euro 2012. I've also seen a really special match. Personally for me, was uh, the, the Olympic final for the women's uh, football back in 2012 when the USA beat Japan. So I've had my fair share of Wembley moments uh, that have been really special to me. And each time you step into that stadium, you realize how special it is. It really is a shrine to football. It's one of the architectural marvels, I think, um, of stadiums across the world. And it's almost a disbelief that my favorite club is going to be playing in that cathedral in just a couple of weeks' time. And it's going to be a special moment. And I think Fulham fans realize how special it is to be playing at Wembley. And that's why we've really rallied around uh, the cause. Right. You know, it's beautiful. I'm just looking through Twitter. Mike Gregg in particular, I'd like to give a shout out to what he's done for so many fans. Uh, he's really galvanizing the Mike Twitter sphere. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, I think I might just uh, send a tweet out. Hopefully he'll retweet it because I am a member. I'll wait until Saturday morning to buy the tickets. But as uh, we've already sold over 22,000 today, is there going to be enough come Saturday morning? I'd love to hear what you guys think uh, what the, my best way forward is. Uh, but either way, I'll be in London, and the atmosphere will be special no matter where I am on that day. Okay, well, hopefully, Max, uh, that will happen. Uh, you'll have an opportunity, you and your family. definitely want you to be there. You deserve to be there, just like I'm going to be there, and uh, I hope it all works out and stay in touch, my friend, and we'll see what happens. I'm just going to end the show just talking about this because, yes, I am going to the match, and uh, it's going to be extremely special for me to go to this. And I'm glad that you talked a little bit about this, Max, going to Wembley. I did go to Wembley to see the New England Patriots play. But it was also a dream of mine to potentially see Fulham there. Now I'm going to get that chance. I know how much it means to people like you, Giannis, getting to Wembley. And this goes back to the pitch invasion. I understand it because it's a big deal. It's so special. The fact that I'm going to get this opportunity to be there means a great deal to me. So many people have reached out to me. I'm going to try to see as many people as I can. And uh, I, I hope I see you all. I, I, I don't know who I'm going to see, but I'm looking forward to seeing as many people as possible. I've had so many reach out. And uh, I look forward to it. This is going to be a special time for me. Uh, and uh, I cannot wait. Uh, but the big thing is that uh, I've been doing this show now for seven-plus years, and I feel like it's all leading up to this moment, to this match. I have a good feeling about this. And uh, I'm proud of uh, being a Fulham supporter. And I think that's what I get out of this, meaning that it all comes to this moment, being there with the Fulham supporters. Obviously, I want them to win. I want to be there for this uh, match. And uh, I booked a trip, and I'm going to be there. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to be amongst all the Fulham supporters. I was there back in 2012. I'm so happy I'm going to be there in 2018 at Wembley, and uh, I hope to see as many of you as I possibly can. I cannot wait for this. We all deserve this moment. Giannis, I'm sorry you cannot be there with us, but I'll be thinking about you the entire time. I want you to know that. Thank you, mate. I'll, be, I'll, I'll certainly be there in spirit. I'll certainly be watching on the TV, and uh, um, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm going to see if I, there's, a, there's a good buddy of mine, George, who lives in Oakville, which is the town over, and he's, yep. he's, his number plate is FFC1. Yep. And he called me last night, and he's. I think he's going to get the chance to go over with his wife, and I'm, I'm delighted. He's That's absolutely great. tickled pink because he was at the final um, with his dad 43 yep. years ago, and he, he never thought he, that, that Fulham would ever go back there. It's such a, for all those big clubs, it's like, oh, you know, FA Cup final, yeah, we've been there four times in the last five years. But for the small, you know, 13 London clubs, but for the small ones like us, it's such a big deal, and... Uh, Yes, uh, I'm chomping at the bit. Yeah, I, I cannot wait, guys. And uh, I look forward to going there. Max, I hope everything works out for you. And uh, you're there along with me. And, you know, uh, I, I hope you're there, my friend. But listen, fantastic show. Great show, guys. Uh, but let's wrap this up. For Jan Shanaeus and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk.
It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.